The following Sunday School session is part of our study of the I Am Statements of Jesus. For more information, visit our website at www.graceprovidencechurch.org. Well, there's a, um, a beautiful picture, uh, not necessarily on the land of Israel, but that is um, a ship, ship pen, and, uh, and we're going to be talking about one of the claims that our Lord Jesus Christ uh, said about um, in, in the book of John, John uh, 10, 7, that he is the door. And um, it's very simple, very simple uh, verse. But when we get into it, following certain uh, things that we have suggested to do when we study uh, the Word of God, I mean, it just opened up a completely different and opened up to a wide understanding of why the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ has actually said that He is the Lord. And who He said it to. That's also really important as a background, so we're going to talk a little bit. As we can see on that picture, there is a door. Or is it? <laughs> there is no door. <laughs> but there is an entrance. And uh, that's why I like it, because I said, well, He says He is the door. But we don't see the door. But there is an entrance. What is a door? Can someone help me with uh, some explanation, like in the human perspective? What is a door? What does the door does or do for us? Security. Security. Right. <laughs> There's a lock, lock, lock on it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Another one? Keeps things in, keeps things out. Perfect. So that divides things, what's inside and what's outside. But so it can't it's be a dividing point, right? Okay, great. Security. And, and it open and closed. Perfect. The entry and exit point. Entry and exit point. Today, we're going to look into like the entry point, right? Uh, it's actually well. There is uh, there is also said that is an exit because they go in and they go out when there is freedom. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, what else? Anything else? There's all different kinds of doors. A barrier. <coughs> a barrier. Yeah. James Matthews. Um, actually says that that is the mean to enter and and enter to security and and that he said it is specifically to a spiritual security which is only Jesus and that was his main point by saying that so I, I think it's important to to understand what is the human perspective of a door or a door? You, you heard me saying that because nowadays we have the back door, the front door. In our homes, we have the side door, side door <laughs> the sliding door, <laughs> the gate. Right. And I mean, it's like a well, a door. The door in in our culture has become an, uh, a metaphor for opportunity, an open door, uh, a closed right. door. Or going into something new or something different. And as far as security, the door will actually prevent someone from even attempting to go in if it's open. If you leave the front door of your house open, 
and there is someone coming and swing by, and they know that you're not home because your car is not there, they can easily go in. And then, obviously, take advantage of whatever is in there, and then they turn themselves into thieves and robbers, which is something we're going to talk about. And uh, so, so with that said, obviously, talking about the door, not a door. It's one single point of entry. And that's important to, uh, uh, to start with that, uh, just because if we don't, then we can already start misunderstanding what our Lord Jesus Christ is attempting to say. Aside from the rest of the um, context that we're going we're gonna to have to go back into the Old Testament to get a little bit of it. Um, after we get to understand what the door, the door, the one door is, it, I think it's also important to understand that we can take this verse, which is, so let's go ahead and um, actually read our verse in John 10, 7. Can someone help me uh, on reading that? So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Hmm. The first thing that came to my mind when I um, uh, when I uh, read this is, Jesus said to them. But if there's a word that I skipped, and it's again. That means that he said it before. And, and uh, we're gonna, that is why I actually said, oh, if he said it again, when, how? So now we have to go back to understand when he said it first. And that's in the same chapter, so we're going to have to put a, 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 like a little context on that chapter 10, on the beginning, the first 10 verses. We're going to read them in a second. But I wanted to give a little background, uh, a historical background to the setting. Um, in Israel, in all of that area, herding, and uh, it's cultural, you know, and there is like sheep pants that are made out of many different materials. I mean, in fact, in, um, in the mountainside, there's a lot of caves that they use. Like, shepherds take their ships at nighttime, bring them into the cave, and they actually stay at the door to prevent, actually, intruders, animals, and, and robbers to come and steal the sheep. So they would say uh, that there are some pictures that I found that they're really neat, but I uh, um, I stay away from setting that way because that's a human gate, and that is not where we are going to be focused on. We don't want to see our Lord Jesus Christ as a human gate because his message is way bigger and expanded and bigger and more profound than that. He's going to go into the spiritual, what means to be the gate. So, for that, I, uh, I stay away from putting that picture, which is beautiful, you know. So, all of the, all of the sheep are inside, and he's actually sitting right at the, at the door, and actually taking a nap or sleeping, which is like a good protective point because we talk about safety. Uh, and as far as historical background, we also need to say that on the village, it was not only that each individual 
a shepherd had their pen. Because some of them didn't even have 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 sheep. They had only a few, maybe 10, maybe mm-hmm. three. So they had to have a communal place with multiple um, um, enclosures. And each enclosure had a door. In fact, there is a little bit of a, a, a problem I had kind of like grasping when I started reading through the passage that we're going to read, and I am going to tell you that. I thought, okay, then what is the gatekeeper doing? And, and I started to allegorize this, and I, um, you know, James Montgomery actually said that uh, we need to be very careful with that. When we started to allegorize the, uh, the entire reading, because then we question, why here, why not with this? And so in fact, we need to be focused in, I am the door. With that said, it's a communal uh, sheep pen, and there is a gatekeeper, and uh, which is being hired by the community, by the different um, um, shepherds, so that they can go probably go eat something, and he is going to be like securing the sheep. And we're going to also see that robbers and the people that wanted to do and harm the sheep and take the sheep, they're not going to go through the door. But if, if there is kind of like an according talk with the gatekeeper and he's not loyal to the sheep, I mean to the, to the, um, uh, to the shepherd, then there is an according and say, hey, you know what, you can go get it. Anyways, uh, uh, the shepherd is not here. We will also say that that is why we don't need to focus on the gatekeeper. Although, God also says that Jesus is the gatekeeper. And he is the door. And he is the way. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that at the very end, because there is a parallel. I don't know if it was on purpose, but by the way, I'm, I'm just going to throw it now. I, I, I waited until the end, but it, it just came out. Um, in a few weeks, I will come back with that. And I go like, what a coincidence. I am the one who is talking about the door, and I will be talking about the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that <laughs> can be an introduction for that, as well as the introduction for the teaching next, next week. Uh, I hope there is no overlapping in what I will say, uh, and also what is going to be said next week. So with that... Um, historical background, now we uh, get into reading the verse from verse 1 to verse 10. And by the way, that, 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 that is a picture of more of a communal. There is three um, pens right there. Uh, and there is actually a... I couldn't find... Is, if, if you see right here on this picture, I couldn't actually find the entrance <coughs> for this one up here. I went like, maybe it's not the proper picture. But let's assume that it's hidden maybe through the back or something like that. But you see there is an entrance here, but there is a main entrance. Depending on the size of the flock. the side door. But the side door. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, we're going to be talking about the door. And that is what it, why it's very important to be focused on that. Um, um, James Montgomery warned that when we talk about this, we have started to make an allegoric. Uh, understanding of this, and we start questioning from here and there, and we get lost. 
And I thought that is true. That is really true. When we stay focused in of what the Lord Jesus Christ said and who he said it to and the reasons why he said it, which is the message uh, of the teaching today. Can someone help me to read from verse 1 to verse 10? And I'm truly, truly, I say to you, who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. When we read the whole passage well, from 1 to 10 in this, um, uh, in this chapter, it gives us a better picture. And now we bring other um, uh, elements, which is now we're talking about the thieves and the robbers and the gatekeeper. So he's talking to the scribes and he's talking to the leaders of Israel and we can actually say that they were called the shepherds of the people of Israel. So, when in verse 6, it says that this figure of the speech, they did not understand, that was how blind they were. Because they couldn't understand that Jesus was talking directly to them, accusing them of being Thieves and robbers. And, 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 and that happened not only on the time of Jesus' ministry, but also happened in the back, on the Old Testament long before. And we're going to read, uh, we're going to actually go through a really quick outline on the book of Ezekiel. Because uh, it's really important. But before we get to that, that far, we wanted to also say that when we read these passages, it gives us a better picture, but it, it doesn't give us the whole picture of why Jesus is in front of them, talking to them and confronting them, saying, you are thieves and robbers. And at that moment, we need to understand, well, yeah, read. So now what? Well, now we have to actually understand that the division in between Chapter 9 and chapter 10 exist for us to kind of like break it. But in reality, it's all together. There is no division on the original. So when we go into it, then we understand the reasoning why. Because right before this happened, Jesus had a second encounter with the man after he was healed. But this second encounter also takes me when was the first encounter with this man. And on his way, his apostles actually ask. A beggar was in front of the synagogue. Chapter 
9. That's a quick outline. And Jesus healed the man. But they asked him, who sinned? His parents or him? That was the question. And he said, no, no, no. It wasn't him. It wasn't his parents. It's so that the glory of God is in you know, exponentially. He it was a, an amazing a, a statement. And then he went, grabbed uh, from the ground, spit on it, make a little mud, put it on his eyes, and send them to to the um, uh, to the pool of Islam. Islam, Salam, And then once he actually washed out his face, then he sees. It didn't take hours. It didn't take <coughs> minutes. It was just a matter. A miracle happened. Now the question is that when he went home, he encountered his neighbors and friends. And they were like, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, and nobody could actually believe what it was happening. So this is chapter 9. So they say, no, this cannot happen. So we're going to have to take him to the Pharisees, to the leaders, to the shepherds, right? So they take him to the shepherds, and they go like, hey, look what happened to your sheep. This is your sheep. This is it. Now he is not blind anymore. Now he sees. So now the Pharisees come and argue with him. First ask him what happened. And they, the second question was like, but explain to us, how did this happen? It's kind of like, if you see someone like this now today, you would say like, oh, you know what? I went to get a surgery. But I saw you a couple days ago. Yeah, it was a laser. <laughs> so it was a little faster, you know. And he says, I don't know. All I know is that this morning I woke up and I was blind. And I was begging on the, because that, that's all I could do. I have no means to survive, and all I can do is ask for money, and food, and bread, and eat whatever comes in the daily basis. But now I see. That's all. <laughs> At that moment, if we go back to the first verses when Christ actually accused the shepherds of Israel, the leaders of Israel, of being thieves and robbers, I think they should understand <laughs> that they were not actually doing the, a good role of shepherding this sheep. Because instead of being grateful and instead of being happy to see that the sheep is healed, that now he's productive and now he can be more than a beggar, instead they decide to cast him up. It's like, you know what? You're dangerous. You're actually, they say, you are a follower of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus. So, boom. So they kick him out. As easy as that. Why? Because he can spread the sickness or the virus. So they say, no, we don't need him. So they kick him out out of the synagogue. The second encounter happened when Jesus actually see the man again. And asked him, what happened? His plans. And he becomes a follower of Jesus. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, let's just be honest. We were blind. Now we can see. 
this man was physically blind and spiritually blind. And then he was healed and he was physically, he had the sight. He gained the sight. He can see. But the most important is that this guy became saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Spiritually. So he was blind and now he can see. So two miracles happened right there. Not only physically, but spiritually. And I can at least say, we were, I was blind. Now I can see. And that's a beautiful statement I can say. Uh, and that's the second encounter. And the third part is that on chapter 10, Jesus come to confront them. Now the important thing of this is there is a connection, and that is why our Lord Jesus Christ said, you are thieves. And if we wanted to really look into like the, 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 um, the bad reputation that the shepherds of Israel are having at this point and right uh, like for a long time, since the time of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel also talks about a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, and that's in chapter 34. And that's kind of like correlated to, to the statement that Jesus actually made directly to them. Because he didn't send a letter or a text message. He told them face to face. And when he said, whoever comes through me will be saved. But before that, I say to you, he who does not enter, in verse 1, the sheep will by the door, but climb by any other way, that man is a thief and a robber. I'm just going to stop for a little bit, and I'm going to go to um, paint a picture of this. If there's only one door, and the door is secure, Whoever wanted to steal and kill will have to jump over the fence. Now, a little later, we will see also that the sheep do react to a stranger. They run away. They don't follow the voice of a stranger. That's what we read. So what happened is that they have to actually, or they had to, if they're in the sheep pen, and they're among like 10 sheeps and they came to steal and kill, they have to slaughter the sheep right there in order to throw it over the fence because they're not going to take the sheep through the door out. Mm -hmm. So, so, so this, um, this exemplified that the, 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 the thief had to kill and slaughter the sheep inside the pen and throw it over the fence so that they, they can actually jump after. If they take a leaf a leading sheep and try to throw it over, it would be hard because <coughs> the sheep is going to start not, not fighting but trying to run away from him. So, uh, so, so that, gives a, that gives us a little idea that they became actually not only the feet jumping over the fence, not only the robber, but also the heel for food and for the wool. Because, I mean, let's just be um, uh, honest, the sheep are kind of like, uh, uh, that is the purpose of a sheep. I mean, we use that for a good sweatshirt, 
that and also for me, which is delicious. But uh, some, some um, actually some of the um, uh, theologians said that sheep are stupid. I go like, I mean, my goodness, you're talking to to me directly. We are if we don't listen and we're not, if we don't if we don't have that miracle that Jesus did to the beggar to see the truth. I mean that is amazing. So with that said, we're going to also in Ezekiel is the prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, and uh, it's very very long. We we can probably spend weeks uh, on this prophecy. But in this prophecy, Jesus fulfilled the prophecy of the promise in this, on, on a part of it. But before that, the Lord himself speaks to Ezekiel, and it speaks to the shepherds of Israel, and give a full description of themselves as thieves, robbers. They came only to steal. We already talked about this. To kill and to destroy. Now, have we actually heard these words? And who is the chief leader of killing and destroy and come to a still kill and destroy? It's Satan. It is Satan. So as much as we don't like to say it, spiritually Satan, that is the purpose. They wanted to destroy, they wanted to kill, he wanted to steal. But the promise is that nothing can block from the hands of God. We are protected, we are secure by the gate because we are his flock. And in this particular um, chapter, God also speaks to his flock. It speaks to the sheep. It speaks to his followers. and also talks about a judgment. Now, check this part, the second part of number one. The Lord himself will search, rescue his sheep from their mouth. Because remember, they slaughter and they eat them. And we're talking about the sheep. But Satan wanted to slaughter, separate us from God. And eat us and take us away. Now, number two, God also uh, another part, and that is in verse. Uh, the first part is in verse one through sixteen. He specifies that they're not doing their job as shepherds, and instead they eat the fat and let the skinny one alone. They don't clean their wounds. They don't take care of the sickness and they don't do anything good for the sheep and it's only for themselves. And we're talking about the shepherds of Israel, which is the same group that Jesus is confronting in chapter in John chapter ten. So this is a promise that the Lord Himself will search and rescue his sheep from their mouth. And then on the second part, on the same chapter 34 on Ezekiel, God speaks to his flock. And that is from verse 17 to 24. And it says, 
he himself will judge between sheep and sheep. And he goes on. And uh, he makes a, a few more expressions in regard of other stronger sheep that have the capability of once they're getting into the, uh, into the pen, they push with their horns, the skinny ones and, and, and the less um, uh, capable. You know, they take them away and they escort them. And God says that his sheep have been scattered all over the nations and all over the world. And, uh, and I like it a lot because that includes us. Not, uh, I mean, when we, when we think about that, he's not only talking about the sheep in Israel, but now he's talking also about the Gentiles, all of us that are like far away from, from, from the land. And we are not Jewish. So we are Gentiles. And when he talks about that his sheep have been scattered all over the world, that includes us. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about way before, like 500 years before Christ came to his ministry, his early ministry. And it's more outstanding. Kind of like, I went like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. Not only that, but his promise, this in this verses, I um, I actually came to to check that, and he is right. I mean, he's right when I say the Lord is right when he actually spoke to uh, Ezekiel to say what he had to say to the shepherds, and they should understand that because the shepherds of the time of Ezekiel knew that David had lived way long before, right? And now, he also made a promise to set up a one shepherd to feed and to take care of the, of the sheep. And to be the, their shepherd. There is the one shepherd. And that promise, in the book of Ezekiel, talks about David, my servant. Now, if we wanted to already kind of like start questioning the uh, uh, the Bible, then we say, what are you talking about? David lived a long time before. Yeah, but it was the descendant of David, which is nobody else but our Lord Jesus Christ. The shepherd. And I don't want to go so far into his name coming next week. But when we talk about this, this is the perfect background to see what he meant confronting the Pharisees in chapter 10 from 1 to 5 and they did not understand his figure of his speech they didn't they were blind but I mean obviously we have the benefit of having the Bible the, the, the Old and the New Testament so we can go back and forth and realize that where he's talking about our Lord Jesus Christ being the door, the shepherd, the good shepherd, which is coming next week. After that, he made a covenant, and he made a covenant of peace. And and, and uh, Ezekiel talks about all of the benefits on this covenant of peace. It's going in, and it's going out with the leadership of the shepherd from the pen to green pastures. And 
All of that is the covenant of peace, living in peace. And we live in peace because we know who's our shepherd. We know who is and where we are going and what is our final destination. That gives us the peace and is the peace of God. This is the covenant that we're talking about. And um, when I um, actually went all the way back to chapter uh, 7, 8, and 9, which is, I'm going to go this way, they didn't understand, but they should. Mm. Why? Because all of these things that God said, they were aware of. They knew that they were using the sheep for food, for warmth, and benefiting out of the sheep and never take care of the sheep. And I'm not talking only about the sheep uh, uh, on the pen, but I'm talking about also the people of Israel. They were not the proper leader. And he is sending the good shepherd. Now, this statement is just amazing on the last part. And it says, I am the door. And he says it for the second time. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And at that moment, I, I can think of nothing but saying, the thief, mm-hmm. to all of them. With that, and he was pointing out directly to them. Um, isn't it, it, it's also just amazing how the last part of this chapter ends, or this portion of the, of the chapter ends, as an introduction when it's about to come. Uh, I came to uh, uh, that they might have life and have it in abundance. Uh, different versions give different, uh, uh, but it's the same message. Um, they have abundantly life, abundant life, and it gives us the sense of we have, and he is talking about eternal life, but he's also talking about the security that we have in this, in this time. Why? Because we, we are secure in Christ. Because we can, although we're living in, a, in, a, in our lives, we can go out and we see a lot of craziness going, but the ultimate destiny that we have is secure. And it's secure by the good shepherd that is shepherding us. And it's taking us the way, which is also him. And it's taking us through the door, which is also our Lord Jesus Christ. People like probably go like, how can he beat the door, the way, the shepherd? It's like, is he something else? Yeah. He's God. He's God. And uh, I mean, how can we deny that? I'm just so happy that this uh, uh, reading allowed me to kind of like grasp message. And the more I get into it, I go like, yeah, and it was only one, one verse. It was just one verse. But then I, when I got to this point, I went like, okay, well, now we go to the last part of that, which is the door. In John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And I stopped right there because I said, well, there is another big old entrance to something <laughs> more profound. And then I, uh, uh, I, I see the part that it's about to take also part of the teaching that took me. And I went like, what a coincidence. Or maybe William did it on purpose. Let this, what, what, what I just uh, went through and what we reflect on, be an introduction for what is about to come and, 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 and hope that actually uh, uh, not only make it as a part of Jim's teaching, but also the understanding that they can take be taken individually and, and separately. The door, the good shepherd. And, uh, and also let this be an introduction for what is coming in about three weeks from now. Yes, Jim? Uh, these same thieves and robbers and murderers are the same ones that shepherds that murdered the Lamb of God. Mm, that is true. Yeah. That's, that, that is definitely a, an amazing statement. Yeah. I, I mean, they were, they were not only um, uh, attempting to the life of the sheep in the land of Israel with the Israelites, but ultimately they also took the, the life of of guys. That, that that is just a, a beautiful thing, and uh, I, I I'm just going to also say something, um, and I'm going to close with this. God knew the timing. I never time myself. <laughs> and, but I but, but there is one thing I want to make sure that uh, that I say is um, through the reading of this passage, there is something that I just keep several times that says the sheep recognize his voice and all of them. And that to me, I think it's so important to understand. Do we recognize the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ? Because I'm just going to say something. Um, nowadays, people have like a thousand you know, sheeps with the intention of selling them. So they don't really develop that sense of understanding or recognizing those sheep. They may go, oh, that bad one is a hundred of fifty, that one is a fifty, or this one is a skinny. You know, this one goes like a, like a bonus, you know. Buy, you buy ten and you take that one. <laughs> uh, now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about recognizing the voice, and that takes a lot. It takes a relationship. And if we go back to the shepherd himself having ten sheep and going into the pen and standing at the door, he called them by name. I mean, he's not going to go, Juan, William, you know, Ed. But the names maybe is like different names, you know. Juan. Rosie and she. Yeah, 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 like maybe someone came up with the number one, number two, number three. But they recognized <coughs> that voice. And he didn't have to go, the shepherd didn't have to go and search for the sheep and say, This is mine, that's mine, that's mine. All he had to do is actually call them. And the sheep comes to him. Why? Because he's going to take them out. Grazing. And he would have stayed with them through the day and bring them in again. And they knew that they recognized, they developed um, a relationship of trust 
Now, I wanted to say, do we, and I, um, I, and I think this because I'm going to be using this analogy very frequently now that I came across, is do we recognize the voice of our shepherd? And the second question is, how do we recognize the voice of our shepherd? Well, we have to know him and know him more. And how do we know him? Through the word of God. There is no other way. We can be sitting in a, in a church like the rest of our lives, maybe sitting in a church and listening, and you know, message comes to you and goes to you. And never, never develop a relationship with God, with our shepherd, and recognize that his voice, when he calls us, we respond. No hesitation, because he is our shepherd. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday School session on the I Am Statements of Jesus. For more information, visit our website at www.graceprovidencechurch.org.